It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. A lot going on in Packer Nation right now, and so that puts us in a position where even on a, on a daily show, we are going to have to be judicious about how we handle the news on this show because... We have to be. There's just there's a lot going on right now. The Packers and the Texans are about to get set to have a joint practice, which is unique for Green Bay. And under normal circumstances, maybe we would spend a whole show talking about why this is important, why it matters, what we could learn, all of this stuff. But we simply don't have the bandwidth right now to do that. So what we're going to do instead is as... Uh, important topics or things that that we might learn come out of these joint practices, we will spend time discussing it that way. Uh, The Packers' first preseason game is later this week. We are going to spend time talking about that. Players who need to show out, players who, uh, you know, could benefit from this exposure and this experience. And, you know, we could also spend at least a segment of the podcast talking about J.J. Watt's return and what this means, and how cool it is that the Packers are going to allow the Texans to ride their bikes, and how exciting that is for you know someone like Watt, who is a generational talent and player in the NFL. But we are also talking to you for the first time since family night. There has also been multiple very important news stories that have come out since family night, including the retirement of Jordy Nelson officially as a Green Bay Packer, and including the injury, once again, to Kevin King. We're going to get to all of that stuff a little bit later in the show. Where we're going to start, though, is some impressions from Family Night, and one in particular because I think it has far-reaching outcomes, potentially. Certainly far-reaching implications beyond what we saw at Lambeau Field on Friday night. And we can we can have a conversation about 
how cool it is that, you know, almost 60,000 people showed up at Lambeau to a practice. We're talking about practice, not a game. And we can talk about how cool it is that Aaron Rodgers looked really sharp. And we can talk about how good Rashawn Gary continues to look and how Zadarius Smith looks. And there's a lot that we can discuss. But I think the thing that provides us the most context for what this team could look like in the regular season and potentially a very important factor contributing to how Green Bay is going to set up its roster this season and it's something we've talked about on this show a number of times this offseason is the receiver position. Right now, it is very hard to argue that Jamon Moore is one of the seven best receivers on the Packers. They're not going to keep seven. So that means he's probably on the outside looking in. We know Devontae Adams. We know Geronimo Allison. We feel pretty good about MVS and EQ. Okay, that's four. All right, now, you can probably make the case, and I would, I would make the case, that just based on strictly productivity... Someone like Jake Kumaro is right there with EQ as wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Okay, so that's five. He should probably, right now, a lot, lot, of, lot of time to go. But if we're talking about the five best receivers, he's one of the five best receivers. After that, Trevor Davis, who had a couple nice plays on family night, including a huge play down the field. He's just better right now than Jamon Moore. And so if you're the Packers, and we discussed this in context of team building a week or two ago, and we said, look, unless you think this player is going to be so much better from an offensive standpoint that he deserves to be on the team over someone who can be an offensive player over someone who's on special teams, for example. So someone like Trevor Davis, who his biggest piece of utility relative to other guys on the team is as a returner. You can't put that guy on the team over a player who has a brighter future as a receiver. But right now, it's really hard to argue that Trevor Davis has a less bright future as a receiver than Jamon Moore. He just hasn't shown enough. And if you're the Packers and you're looking at this roster and you say, okay, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, fifth-round pick, he's going to be a de facto starter for the Packers. So as a receiver on day three, Green Bay can say reasonably and be accurate and say, we hit on a guy. That's what they can say because Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to be a legitimate top three receiver on this team and potentially a very good one. We saw Sunday some chemistry between Rodgers and MVS. And although I would say Valdez-Scantling is not someone who has shown, you know, look, he has not been a standout, but there is a defined role there. We know what he's going to be. We know what his role is going to look like. And so that matters. All right. So when he's on the field, we know what that's going to look like. Trevor Davis can provide a similar skill set. 
So when Green Bay is looking at its roster and saying, okay, who are the players who really fit what's going on here? We know that MVS and Trevor Davis are those guys. Someone like Jamon Moore, who is a technician, and I've talked about this before, you know, there is a a, a part of this where, where Matt LaFleur has to be thinking, what can this guy be? Well, Trevor Davis is not just an offensive player. If he is a better offensive player than Jamon Moore and has special teams value, sorry, Jamon, you're out. Jake Kumaro, he is now on some of these core special teams units, whether it's kick return, kickoff, punt coverage. He's on some of these core special teams units. And so if that's the case, that he is now not just a receiver who has value, but a special teams player, a core special teams player, then Green Bay clearly views him as a future catalyst, as a future key cog, whether it is someone who is, you know, very important to the team. Obviously, he's not Devontae Adams level important. He's not Aaron Jones level important. But he's more important than just like wide receiver four, wide receiver five in a vacuum because he's able to provide all of this special teams value for your team. That is so important with the way that teams build their roster because if, you know, we talked about it last week, right? It is more important for you to be able to contribute at receiver than on special teams. It's why I made the case at the time. Uh, we're not, not that long ago, unfortunately, that Trevor Davis just can't make this roster. Well, if it's the case that Trevor Davis is more talented or at least shows more potential as a receiver than Jamon Moore and he provides all of this additional special teams value, then Green Bay just simply cannot justify a roster spot on someone like Jamon Moore. Like, I, I, And I don't want to flip-flop so quickly to make this point, but I think it's it's consistent in that what I have said is the offensive part of this is paramount. It is more important and significantly more important than the special teams value. If it's the case that Trevor Davis and Jake Kumaro are so much better on offense than Jamon Moore, and right now that's where we are, they are that much better, significantly better than they, for all the reasons I mentioned last week, are far more suited. I mean, the, the argument is consistent here. They are far more suited to making this team because of what they can do in the offense and how they can help the team relative to, okay, now they also have the special teams value, but what the, what the future ceiling is. We don't know what Jamon Moore can be. But the fact that he has not shown significant improvement in year two is troubling. And it is even more troubling in the face of a group of players who have something to prove and have proved certain things, at least. You know, Jake Kumaro has made NFL plays. Trevor Davis has made at least special teams plays and has shown some promise as a receiver in actual NFL games, has caught touchdown passes, for example, in in road games in hostile environments. You know, the Atlanta Falcons games come to mind. That is a, a pretty big advantage that he has. And so 
you know, all of that has to be taken into account when we talk about how this roster is going to be filled out. Jamon Moore has an uphill battle to climb. And everyone after him on the list, you know, you look at Darius Shepard, who is also playing on some special teams. I actually expect uh, Shepard to be a practice squad player. But there are some other guys, you know, Jewel Davis and Redding and some of these other dudes who are showing some nice things. But for all the reasons that I've said a number of times over the course of this offseason process, I don't think Green Bay can justify keeping six, seven uh, receivers. Those guys just can't make the team. So that creates a pretty exciting camp battle over the next couple weeks to monitor as we go through this process. But right now, right now, Jamon Moore has an uphill, straight uphill battle an almost Sisyphean battle to try and make this roster. And speaking of tasks that can often feel futile, if you have problems in the bedroom, bluechew.com can be the answer. It can feel like there is no making progress in this area unless you want to take extreme measures. You don't have to do it. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness right now. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So I mentioned the Kevin King injury. And this has become old hat for Packers fans now. We are in year three with Kevin King. And for the third straight year, there is already a concern about injuries. And he actually came into his rookie season doing what seemed like pretty well. For someone who wore a shoulder harness in college, he was more or less ready to go. And did that for half a season. Was there, was on the field, was doing the thing. Year two, had some issues. Struggled to stay on the field. Uh, Had some soft tissue injuries. The hamstring injury was ultimately what ended his 2018 season. Now, the Packers are looking at another 
hamstring injury. And this is amid Josh Jackson already missing time with a foot injury. And that means now the Packers secondary already looking at two of its top four corners out. That's tough. I mean, the Packers haven't even opened the season, and you're already fighting this major battle of attrition. We know Jair Alexander. We know what the talent level is there. We know what the ability level is. We believe, or at least I believe, let me speak for myself, uh, that he is a potential star corner. Tremont Williams is still very smart. He's still very savvy. He is still reliable. He is someone who, at a slot corner, can give you Important snaps. He can he can be a good player for you. Is he going to be a game changer? No. Can he be solid? Yeah. He can only be solid if you have another cornerback who you feel comfortable with. Because if that other guy is bad, teams are going to go after him. And this was something that happened last year and the year before. You can you can go back and look at the stats and say, oh well, you know, let's go back to 2017 for example. Devon House had a very infrequent target rate. And if you were just looking at that stat, you'd go, oh man, teams are just not throwing at Devon House. And the reality was, teams were not throwing at Devon House because they didn't have to, because they could throw at other guys. They could throw at Demarius Randall. They could throw at Quentin Rollins. They could throw at some of these other guys who just weren't good. And so those stats could be misleading. And so if you're Green Bay now and you have Jair Alexander and Tremont Williams, you say, okay, that's good that that those two guys are there. Who can contribute after that? Well, this is where it's really important that Tony Brown played huge snaps last year. And I think even before the Kevin King injury, you can make the case that Tony Brown had moved past Josh Jackson on the depth chart because better man cover better man cover corner, and he's been healthy. He's been playing. Had a pick six on family night. There is a trajectory here that if you're the Packers, you have to look at and go, well, we think he can keep getting better, and he fits what Mike Patton wants to be, and he can play in the slot or he can play outside. He can play wherever we need him to play. That's what the Packers have to be thinking. Of course, They want Josh Jackson to be in a better position to succeed. They want him to be healthy. They want him to be on the field. They want him to be an important player. They want him to be an impact player on the defense. He hasn't been able to become that yet. This is a, a, a good time such that there is one for cornerback injuries because this year is different than other seasons in that they have safeties that they care about that are good. Adrian Amos, good player. We think Darnell Savage can be a good player. There's other quality corners. And then perhaps most importantly, there is now a pass rush that can really take over games between Zadarius Smith, who has been awesome, beat David Bakhtiari again in family night, has been having some really good practices one-on-one against him. It seems like the team has decided, or maybe it's Zedarius, I, I, no, I, don't, I don't know, uh, has decided that when David Bakhtiari is doing one-on-ones versus pass rushers, he's going to face Zedarius Smith. Jair Alexander pulled another cornerback off the field to do one-on-ones against Devontae Adams and family night. That is 
dog mentality. That is what you want from your players to say, look, I understand you need your reps. You're not going to get your reps against a good player because I need those reps and I'm a good player. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to make Devontae better by playing here and he's going to make me better by playing here. But so the Packers, that pass rush is better. Rashawn Gary has been a standout since March. Since he got to the building, he has been a standout player. And so to be in this position now where it looks like he's going to have to play Preston Smith, Zedarius Smith, all these guys, the pass rush is going to be better than it's been, theoretically. So, okay, you have better safeties. You have a better pass rush. All of that stuff combines to make your cornerbacks better. You've got Oren Burks who's going to play more. He can make your secondary better because he can cover more ground in zone coverage. If you're going to play some sort of hybrid coverage where the corners are in man, but you've got linebackers in zone, that's not uncommon at all. You have someone like Oren Burks who can cover a lot of ground. That can help aid what's going on with these corners. The hope is, and it sounds like Josh Jackson's injury is not long-term. It sounds like he's going to be back relatively soon. So hopefully for his sake, at the very least, that's the case. We don't have a prognosis yet for Kevin King and what's going to go on with him. But honestly, it didn't sound good. When you have an injury and the coach says, well, we're going to know in the next few days. That means MRIs. That means stuff that you just don't you don't want to hear because that makes you think, okay, uh, tear? Are we talking about a tear? Are we talking like what is the deal? And that kind of uncertainty, it makes it really easy to just color in the white space and and come up with all of these awful solutions to these questions. And and hopefully, for both Kevin King and the Packers' sake, that's not what's going on here with Kevin King. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store this episode is brought to you by phillips one by sonicare one up your brushing with phillips one This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. Under normal circumstances, 
Um, I would want to spend a lot more time talking about Jordy Nelson because he officially retired over the weekend as a Packer, signed that one-day contract, and there were a lot of people, myself included, who thought back on his career and reflected on his impact on the Packers, and there's just no denying that the Rodgers era especially goes very different if Jordy Nelson is not Jordy Nelson. And you can go back to that draft when no receiver is taken uh, where you expect no receivers to be taken. But if I recall correctly, there was no receiver taken in the first round. And Donnie Avery ends up being the first receiver selected, which ends up looking nutso because Donnie Avery goes, Devin Thomas goes, who ends up being bad. And then Jordy Nelson goes, James Hardy goes, who, you know, not a great player, but an NFL player. Eddie Royal goes, same thing. Uh, Jerome Simpson goes, "Mm, he's not very good. But then Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, there are other guys who go later. And you're just like, wow, how did all of these players go ahead of those dudes? Well, Jordy Nelson is one of those guys that you're just like, how does he not go sooner? How does he go 36? How does he fall past guys like Philip Merling and Dustin Keller and Kentuan Balmer and Antoine Kaysen and Felix Jones and Sam Baker and all these dudes? And you're just like, he's really, really good. And, you know, I think it's easy to forget now his his role on the Packers in 2008 and 2009 was like, you know, backup to the backup to the backup to the backup receiver and some special teams. But then in huge games when they needed it, like week 16 against New York, he comes out and has a huge game against a really good defense and just lights that Giants D on fire. Has the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. The Packers win the Super Bowl, and the next year, he becomes a star. He ascends to, you know, I can't say his rightful place because, you know, I don't think anyone has a right to be anywhere in professional sports. But you go out and you look at his 2011 season, he had a huge, a huge season. Packers go 15-1. and He's a huge reason why. I mean, you go out and you have, you know, a 1,200-yard season, and that's going to be a breakout season. That's just, you know, that's how this works. And I think it was more than that for a lot of fans. I think they looked at this as, you know, a guy who, you know, the sneaky speed thing, you know, obviously the the uh, the intrigue of a white receiver, a lot of people were like, is he really that good? And I don't know if there was a lot of Packer fans who felt that way, but I think people even in the league, I mean, while he was playing, while he was doing well, there was this idea that, okay, well, you know, there were cornerbacks who didn't think he could run by them because of the way he looked. And, you know, I think that is something that that really resonated with fans, that he was underestimated. He was an underdog most of his career. And that that is something that ingratiated him to the fans in Green Bay that I think really propelled his stardom forward. It was difficult when he left to go to Oakland for a lot of fans. And, And I talked on this show about it, and I said, look, there are reasons to make this move. And it wasn't like he was a world beater in Oakland. But he clearly valued Green Bay as his final destination. He, he clearly valued them as 
you know, the jumping off point for his career. He only spent one season not there. It's hard to argue that in 2015, when he was hurt, that he wasn't the most important cog on this roster, not named Aaron Rodgers, given the way that the offense stagnated with him out. We cannot underestimate his importance on those teams. Now, that said, he was he was there when Randall Cobb had great seasons. He was there when Devontae Adams was about to have a great season, when he was, when he was coming up. All that stuff... It, it rubs off. When Jordy Nelson goes about his business a certain kind of way, Randall Cobb notices. Devontae Adams, notice. It rubs off on the quarterback who says, this is how I think receivers should act. And that has effects that we can still feel today when it comes to the Packers, how they treat receivers. And Jordy Nelson will go down. He'll, he will be a Packers Hall of Famer. He will go down as an all-time great Packer, and that will be absolutely deserved for him, for the numbers he put up, for the impact he had on this team and this culture, and how much he embodied what it is to be a Green Bay Packer. Jordy Nelson deserves all of the accolades, all of the fan support, and all of the love that he has received from Cheesehead Nation over the course of his career. All right, we're going to be back to talk about a lot more later in the week. The Texans joint practice and then the the Texans game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers may or may not play in that game because of these joint practices where, look, he's not going to get hurt. He's not going to get hit. And in the Texans game, they could actually hit him in the actual game. In practice, he's got the red jersey on. uh, Can't hit him. So uh, a lot to talk about later in the week. And now that we've gone past family night, and we're talking about joint practices and we're talking about preseason games. Football's here. It has arrived. So, so much to talk about and get to as we move through these coming weeks. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. I have some of your questions on deck here. We're going to get to a mailbag this week. And if you want to hit me up on that mailbag, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.